2 Timothy 3.1 states, This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. Why is there so much chaos, division, and ungodliness in America? Is all hope lost for this once great nation? Well, we will answer these questions on today's edition of End of the Age. Good afternoon, everybody. I'm Dave Robbins with End Time Ministries, and thank you so much for joining me on this edition of End of the Age. Perilous times in the last days. The Bible says it's going to happen. Are we seeing that here in America? I mean, think about it. An increase in LGBTQIA plus lifestyles. Abortion in the land. Legalized murder. Riots, mass murders, regardless of who it is, who they killed, it's a mass murder. Of course, open borders, allowing drugs and sex trafficking, human trafficking, all kinds of things on our southern border. Drugs pouring across, who knows who's coming into our country. All of the lies and propaganda, the agenda-driven politics... The Fox News reported that the Biden administration is is endorsing transgender youth sex change operations, top surgery, puberty blockers, and hormone therapy. Males are now competing in women's sports and changing in their females' locker rooms and colleges. I mean, what, what is going on? Have you asked yourself that question? A lot of us are focused on uh, gas prices and inflation and, uh, you know, many different things. But what is happening to the fabric of America? I mean, the list goes, this is just a few. The list goes on and on. It certainly is perilous times. Could it get much worse? Yes, but it's pretty bad now. You know, I asked the question, is this Rome 2,000 years ago when you hear these things? No, it's not. Are, are these the problems facing an impoverished, uh, lawless, third world country? No, they're not. Sadly, these are the daily headlines of present day United States of America, folks. And... To those familiar with the rich history of this country, it's hard to comprehend how the once most powerful and influential nation on earth could decline to such a precipitous condition. Republican Arizona gubernatorial nominee Carrie Lake, I think she kind of hit the nail on the head. She recently urged Americans to... Bring God back. 
and allow children to have a foundation based on God. If we would turn this thing back towards God and put God in every facet of every decision that we made, wow, would this country make a turnaround on a dime immediately? And when we're talking about Carrie Lake, as she's a, um, obviously an America First Trump endorsed candidate, and she said she's been a fierce advocate for religious freedom. She said that, we, and I'm quoting, we've taken God out of everything, out of our culture, out of movies, out of everything. There's that woman that, um, Candace Cameron Bure, that was uh, in movies for Hallmark, in these Christmas movies. And she said, no, I'm only going to be in movies that, because Hallmark decided to start putting out Christmas movies with uh, two males and two females, promoting the LGBTQ community. And this actress, Cameron Bure, said, no, I can't do that. And she started, she's working with another company um, that's going to produce only godly defined marriages between a male and a woman. And so they, they, a lot of people in Hollywood are trying to crucify this woman. Why? Because she's standing on the Bible. And so Carrie Lake has said, hey, we've taken God out of everything. Uh, you, you, she says, you can't even bring up God anymore. She said, without God, we are nothing. And that is so true, everybody. A lot of times we want to say, well, what's this uh, human solution to this problem in Washington and but no, if we, if we got God back in Washington, this stuff would disappear. It really would. Carrie Lake also shared her own experience with God. She said, I'm really blessed that I was raised in a home where we went to Sunday school every week. And I'm not going to say I've always been a, the best Christian, she said. But she, uh, she goes on to say, I miss, I miss church here and there. But the fact is, I knew about the Bible the fact that I knew about God and that I knew about Jesus and that I had that foundation even when I strayed away at times. And, but there were times when I needed to lean on God a lot and I'm so glad that I had that foundation and knew about that. Now, not that long ago, think of this everybody, not that long ago, there was a bright line between right and wrong, good and evil, sin and righteousness. People were God conscious. Not, not that long ago, there was little dispute among the majority of citizens that America was founded on Judeo-Christian values. Not that long ago, America's three branches of government recognized and followed those Judeo-Christian values, believe it or not. But folks, those days in many ways are long gone. And... Of course, we know that this did not happen overnight. And back in 2007, you remember, in an interview with CBS, and again in a 2009, uh, he, speaking at a press conference before the Turkish parliament, President Obama denied that America was even a Christian nation. I'm talking about the President of the United States. Denied America was even a Christian nation. And federal and state legislatures, they curry favor with their constituents by promising to promote ungodly principles and oppose any attempt to limit them. And activist judges have used the Constitution to systematically remove prayer and Christian activity from the nation's public schools and public property. 
And present day America has sent a clear message to God. God, you go away. We don't want you in society. I want you to think about this as we go through here. We're going to go through some different court cases. How did we get to where we're at now? And what could this great nation do to seek God's face and to put God back into our society? That's the only hope. God is our only hope, folks. We've got to have God put his hands back into America and speak to us to breathe into the fiber of America again. We need God in America. Satan and the elites of this world don't want you to understand the timeline leading to the second coming of Jesus. You can pinpoint where we are in the end time. Understand how you fit in and be filled with hope in God's plan by watching the future according to Bible prophecy. Go to intime.com slash future or call 800 intime That's 800-363-8463. Hi, I'm Judy Baxter. When Irvin and I got married, we didn't realize that our calling would be a prophetic ministry. Since we started End Time Ministries, there have been many times We weren't sure how we would pay the bills, but God has always provided. We started with the magazine, then went on radio and TV, and now we have the Jerusalem Prophecy College in Israel and online and End of the Age Plus. The mission has always been to reach people with the gospel of Jesus Christ and the end time message. Through the years, my husband would say, we will see revival like never before in the last days. We are living in the end time now. Thank you for walking this journey with us and continuing in prayer. You are a part of the team. Thank you for your generous support. It is necessary for God's purpose. The most important thing is that you are ready when the Lord comes. Our hope is to help prepare you for that day. God bless you, and we love you. What if you could understand Bible prophecy? Dave Robbins, the host of the End of the Age television and radio programs, is holding a free prophecy conference near you. Gain peace and understanding about what the Bible says concerning end-time prophecy. Call 1-800-END-TIME or visit endtime.com slash events for more information. Now, I know what some of you may be saying. Oh, yeah, come on, Dave. We, what we really need to get is to get our, uh, back to a, 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 our voting uh, where it's fair and that we can trust our voting. Yeah, we do need to do that, absolutely. And some of you may be saying, well, Dave, come on. I mean, we need to get um, our, back to energy independence where we're not depending upon any country around the world uh, for our energy or for our um, prescription drugs or anything. We don't want to be dependent upon anybody. We want to be self-dependent. I totally agree we need to get there. And we need to lower the interest rates. We need to get inflation down. The gas prices need to go down. I I understand all of that. And I agree with all of it, believe me. But when all is said and done, we've got to put God back in our country. We need God. Everybody needs to be getting up every morning and saying, God, we're sorry. We repent. We're turning away from our old wicked lifestyles and turning away from sin. And we need, I want you in my life. And we need you in America. 
you think, well, some people, you know, have actually lost their faith in God. They don't think God can turn this thing around. Believe me, God could turn this around this afternoon if He wanted to. The question is, why hasn't He done that? What is, why are we going through these things? What is He trying to teach us? When you go through a trial, it's to make you better and stronger. But sometimes the Bible says God will chastise you with backsliding. Sometimes God's got to rub your face in the mud a little bit before you can look up and say, God, I need you. I don't have anything else but you. Maybe he's doing that to America. Okay? So, how'd we get here? Think about this. Removing school prayer and Bible reading. Did anybody really fight that? Back in 1962, um, Engel and Vital, that... That began the removal of the influence and presence of God in America's public schools. One of the major moves. Uh, Murray versus Curlet. That was uh, 1963. Shortly after Engel, Madeline Murray O'Hare. Many of you will remember them. Well, she was an atheist and she had close ties to the American Communist Party. Yeah, they've been influential since the early 1900s. She filed a lawsuit against the school board of Baltimore, and in Murray versus Kurtlett, the issue before the court was whether beginning each day with reading the Holy Bible and reciting the Lord's Prayer violated the constitutional rights of students that claimed to be atheists. Okay? Now, the lower court, they dismissed the lawsuit because they said, hey, this has no merit. But the Maryland Court of Appeals affirmed the trial court and they said, hey, neither the First nor the Fourteenth Amendment was intended to stifle all rapport between religion and government. Well, hey, did they quit? No, absolutely they didn't quit. Not to, because, hey, not to be discouraged. The Madeline Murray O'Hare, she pressed on and to the U.S. Supreme Court and remarkably, not a, not a single Christian organization filed a brief in support of school prayer. So the case was virtually uncontested before the court. And the court ruled 8 to 1 that Bible reading in public schools violated the Establishment Clause of the First Amendment. Wow, were we on a slippery slope? Look where we're at now. Now, you say it's not the school's... Uh, job to teach your children, uh, you know, scriptural, biblical teachings. Well, we want that. If you're going to have a Christian nation, you got to teach Christian principles, right? Right? How do you do that with no Bible in a school? How do you, you? We're teaching kids today. Think about this. We're teaching kids in schools, but we don't teach them where they came from. We don't teach them why they're here, and we don't teach them where they're going, where they're going to end up. Okay, you got, um, they're teaching evolution, but you can't teach the kid a truth about where did you really come from? You were created by a higher power. I would hate to be a teacher today because that would be a mess. And all of the agendas that are driven and all the different things. So I've got an interview coming up with a guy, a friend of mine in December that will obviously will be playing on air, and he is an educator in a high school um, 
over on the East Coast. And he said, Dave, you would not believe the indoctrination. And we're going to be talking about that in that interview coming up. But think about this. Removing a prayer in schools, removing a Bible in schools. What, what are they trying to do? They're trying to drive God out of society. Also, the removing of the Ten Commandments. Can anybody, can you think of the last time you read through the Ten Commandments? Think about that. Well, Stone versus Graham in 1980, the anti-Christian protesters, they weren't satisfied with the mere removal of prayer in public schools. They wanted any reference to or acknowledgement of God completely out of the classroom. Back in 1980, in the case of Stone versus Graham, the court struck down the posting of the Ten Commandments in public classrooms. And the court held that the preeminent purpose for the posting of the Ten Commandments on the schoolroom walls is plainly religious in nature. And therefore, it violated the Establishment Clause of the First Amendment of the Constitution. Well, what have we done? We have strayed from the original intent. See, original intent, what are you talking about? How our founders established this country. It was their original intent. So these cases that I've lined out here, and I've only lined, I'm hitting, there's no way I'm going to go through all of them. I don't have time. But there are many cases that just, once we started over the cliff, man, it was just straight to the bottom, right? Took a moral nosedive. So... These cases, they would likely shock. Think about the, origi- or the original intent of our founders. These cases would shock the daylights out of many of the founding fathers as a radical disconnect from history and a contradiction to the role religion played in colonial America. I mean, from the very beginning, schools were rammed by churches, okay? And Bible verses were used in the New England primer to teach the alphabet, spelling, and reading. You say, well, that's not necessary today. What if we had it there, though? What if we based everything off of the Bible? I mean, John Jay, the original Chief Justice of the U.S. Supreme Court, he said the Bible is the best of all books because it is the Word of God and it teaches us the way to be happy in this world and in the next. Continue, therefore, to read it and to regulate your life by its precepts. Fisher Ames, author of the, um, the final language used in the First Amendment, he said, why should not the Bible regain the place in it once held as a school book? Its morals are pure. Its examples are captivating and noble. The reverence for the sacred book that is thus early impressed last, uh, lasts long and probably if not impressed in infancy, never takes firm hold of the mind. John Quincy Adam, he said that the law given from Sinai was a civil and municipal as well as a moral and religious code. Let's talk about the Ten Commandments. These are laws essential to the existence of men in society and most of which We have been enacted by every nation which ever professed any kind of code of laws. Imagine if uh, the Ten Commandments, thou shalt not um, bear false witness. Thou thou shalt not 
steal. Thou shalt not kill. Imagine if we ran by those laws today. I mean, lying has almost become an accepted method of operation in America amongst some. Now, I know there are Christians that, no, not going to happen. But there are people, if you look at Washington, man, it's just one lie after another, one thing of propaganda, one uh, just agenda-driven, don't care if they lie and there's corruption and stealing and uh, uh, extortion. I mean, just one thing after another. What's the attempt? Well, of course, there was an attempt to remove one nation under God from the Pledge of Allegiance and our currency. And if they did that, I couldn't no longer say the Pledge of Allegiance to America, the flag of the United States of America. I couldn't do that. If it's not one nation under God, I'm not going to pledge allegiance to it. Now, I know it is. And I still would say the Pledge of Allegiance, but I'd put the one nation under God in there. I'll never take it out. But Elk... Grove, Unified School District versus Newdow in 2004, they, and surprisingly, and that was the effort, for, but for surprisingly, at least for now, One Nation Under God in the Pledge of Allegiance has survived constitutional challenges. Back in um, 2000, there was a, a father filed a lawsuit against his daughter's school district for claiming the daily recitation of... The pledge served as religious indoctrination of his child because it said one nation under God and interfered with his right to influence her religious beliefs. Well, in the case of Elk Grove Unified School District versus Newdow, the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals and the nation's most liberal uh, appellate court, um, think of like San Francisco, declared the Pledge of Allegiance unconstitutional because the phrase, One Nation Under God, endorsed religion and therefore violated the Establishment Clause. Afterwards, the child's mother filed to dismiss Newdow's complaint or, in the alternative, to intervene on behalf of her daughter, who was a Christian. Get this, it was the dad that had the problem. The daughter never objected to reacting, or I'm sorry, I should say to um, reciting the Pledge of Allegiance. The dad is the one that had the issue. Well, when the case made it, its way to the U.S. Supreme Court in 2004, the majority found that Michael Newdow, as the non-custodial parent, lacked standing to file the suit, and the court reversed the Ninth Circuit Court's decision as a matter of procedural law and never addressed the constitutional question. Then you have Doe versus Action, the Boxborough uh, Regional School District in 2014. 2014, the uh, Massachusetts Supreme Judicial Court rejected an atheist attempt to strike under God from the Pledge of Allegiance, and Chief Justice Ireland wrote, For those who have been attacking the pledge, we would offer that our system protects their right to remain silent, but but it doesn't give them a right to silence others. And then here come Newdow back versus the United States in 2013. In the Newdow versus... Uh, United States case, a group of atheists filed a lawsuit against the federal government claiming that the motto, In God We Trust, on the nation's currency was unconstitutional. Now, this is is ridiculous, if you understand really what's going on. And where we're all headed through this only 7,000 years of human existence, and then we're going to hit eternity. And you want to say, you want to take In God We Trust, who you're wanting to spend eternity with, it doesn't sound like this guy believes in God at all, did he? 
does it. But you're wanting to take that off our money? Do you want to drive God out of society? The only thing that could fix this mess? It's insane. Well, in this case, the U.S. Court of Appeals for the Second Circuit, based in uh, New York City, they disagreed and ruled that the language does not violate the First Amendment establishment and free exercises clauses. You say, man, I didn't know all these cases took place. This is just the surface. There are so many more cases that have tried to lead down this road. And that's why judges and circuit courts and all these different things, it's important that we get the right people in these positions, right? Because we want to show God we want you in America. You say, well, what about all these other religions? I understand there's a lot of other religions that are non-Christian. They can operate here. But what kind of land do we want? I want a Christian nation. And I'm going to proselytize people, and I'm going to try to win other people to be Christians. That's just how it is. That's what I'm going to do. And you say, oh, Dave, here you go again. You're not politically correct. I'm not trying to be politically correct. I'm trying to be biblically correct. I know that there's only one way to heaven, and I'm going to tell everybody I can how to get there. So, in the years since the law of the land prohibited school prayers, the posting of Ten Commandments in the Bible in the classrooms, or at school-sponsored functions even, this is crazy, many contend this nation has experienced a continued moral decline. Oh my goodness. It hasn't been a decline, folks. We fell off a cliff. Well, recent research polls agreed that there is a loss of Christian precepts guiding our traditional values here in America and Moors. Well, arguably, banning prayer along with the reference to God in public schools has contributed to the many problems that America faces, right? However, there are other social and cultural factors that have contributed significantly to the spiritual vacuum sweeping this country. And two in particular that I want to talk about today, these folks, simply cannot be ignored. We're facing it every single day. One of them, the first one, would be abortion. What are we saying to God in a country where we would legalize abortion, give people the right to kill human beings at will? That's what we've done. That's what abortion is. It's the shedding of innocent blood. And it's very scriptural. My main question is, how does God view that? It's not a woman's right, but it's really what does the Bible say? Whether it's a global pandemic, threat of war, or floundering economies, end-time events are happening around the world every day. How can you have peace in a world of such great uncertainty? With the End Time Magazine subscription, you can gain a deeper understanding of current events and its prophesied repercussions. End Time Magazine's exclusive content and prophetic insight allows you to understand where we are in the end time. It will give you peace when horrific news and events happen. When you subscribe today to End Time Magazine for 12 months for just $19.99, you can have hope for the future because you will understand what the Bible says about the time we are living in. You'll get access to exclusive articles like the Prophesied American-Israeli Alliance, 
end time do's and don'ts, and could school choice save America? Subscribe for you or a friend right now. Go to endtime.com or call 1-800-END-TIME. That's 1-800-END-TIME. The symbols and prophecies within the book of Revelation have perplexed Christians and unbelievers around the world. In his final work, Revelation, the unveiling of Jesus Christ Part 2, the late Irvin Baxter unlocks the mystery of the book of Revelation with in-depth analysis and commentary like you've never heard before. These comprehensive study tools, available for $299, will deepen your biblical understanding. Don't miss this special offer. Call 1-800-END-TIME or go to endtime.com. If your station only carries the first 30 minutes of End of the Age, go to endtime.com and click the watch button to continue today's broadcast. You can also finish up later by clicking the archive button. So, when we're talking about the shedding of blood here and abortion, a lot of women, uh, a lot of people are saying, well, it's a, it's a woman's right to choose. No, the government shouldn't tell her what to do with her body and this, that, and the other. I, I, I agree that the government should not tell a woman what to do with her body. Totally agree with that. 100%. If you want to cut your foot off, you've got the right to go out and get a saw and cut your foot off. No problem. But a baby that God has miraculously created inside of you is not your body. When a baby is being created, there are two heartbeats, isn't there? There's two sets of lungs. There's two sets of internal organs. There's two brains. Okay? So it's another human life. You can do whatever you want to with your life, but you do not have the right to do what you want to with another life. The Bible calls it the shedding of innocent blood. And how more innocent can a child in the womb be? So that's not a person. God doesn't agree with that. See, I'm asking the question today, what does God think? What does the Bible say? The Bible says in many places that before I was, as I was in the womb, before I was even born, God, you knew me. You chose me when I was in my mother's womb. The Bible talks about human beings, babies in the mother's womb. Okay? So the shedding of innocent blood. Well, Proverbs 6 16 through 19, the Bible says, These six things doth God hate. Well, do people care about that statement? Well, God hates it. Yeah, but I, you know, some people would say, I don't care. These six things doth the Lord hate. Yea, seven are an abomination unto Him. If you don't really care what the Lord thinks, this verse means nothing to you. But if you care what God thinks, you see what happened, folks, is that a lot of people have lost their fear of God. The Bible says the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. You say, there the Bible goes contradicting itself because the Bible says that God hath not given us a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and of a sound mind. Both of those things are absolutely true. I need to fear God. 
I need to have a holy reverence for God. If you don't have that, you've got big problems. But I don't have a fear of things that come against me. I don't have fear of the Antichrist, a fear of the end time. I don't worry about things because I know God's got His hands up on me. But I've got a holy reverence for Him, I promise you that. But people that don't have a fear of God and are not worried about um, the reward for some of the things that you do, then who cares, right? So Proverbs 6, 16-19. These six things doth the Lord hate, yea, seven are abomination unto Him. A proud look. Now, we can talk about the shedding of innocent blood. What about a proud look? Huh? We didn't go down that road yet, did we? Maybe in a future program. A lying tongue. All of these politicians, a lie can just roll off their tongue like it's no big deal. They're saying, I don't care what God thinks. I'll tell lies if I want. I'll lie all day long because nobody's going to do anything to me. I'm above the law and I don't care what God thinks. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. The Bible says because judgment is not executed um, immediately that it is in men's heart to sin. That's a problem. All these politicians may be getting by with their lies and propaganda and all this stuff now. But there will be a time when they will stand before God someday and give an account. Okay? Now, these six things that the Lord hate, seven are abomination to Him. Proud look, lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood. Okay? It doesn't matter how many rallies that there are how much the news media pushes it, how much they say it's a woman's right, and all this other. Hands that shed innocent blood. Somebody's got to say this, folks. A heart that devises wicked imaginations. Feet that are swift to run to mischief. A false witness that speaketh lies. And he that sows discord, discord among the brethren. Most importantly, my main question, folks, today, what does God say? Are we, are you, does it care? Do you, does it matter to you? But unashamedly, America, in many ways, has ignored God's commandment. The sixth commandment, thou shalt not kill. And brought into the rhetoric that a fetus is not really a person. And if that's true, well then when is it legally too late to kill an unborn child? Even to the point of, some people would, I just read the other day, where uh, there was one state that voted for, I think it was Montana, that if there was a botched abortion, that the baby would be allowed to lay there on the table and pass. Now, I, my mind won't go there. It makes me want to start bawling right now talking about it. But think about rejecting God's laws of nature. That's abortion. But think God's laws of nature. Are we dealing with the increase of the LGBTQIA+. That's what it is now. L-G-B-T-Q-I-A plus in our society where a man in, let's say, college that was swimming with the men, not very successful, wasn't as strong, didn't swim as fast, maybe didn't train as much, but he wasn't super successful. I think he was... uh, 510 or something like that in the rankings in college, in swimming, in one year. Well, then he decides he's a woman. Starts swimming with the girls and starts blowing them away. 
setting all kinds of records. Yeah, I'm referring to Leah Thomas. Or this gentleman that calls himself Leah Thomas. And this is the kind of things. And the girls in the college dorm or the college locker room, they came out and said we were horribly, it was very awkward because we had to change in the locker room with this this man who said he was a woman and he still had male reproductive parts, okay? And, I mean, come on, folks. What, 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 where, where have we went as a nation? Well, the Bible says, Thou shalt not lie with mankind as with a womankind. It's an abomination. Neither shalt thou lie with, a, with any beast to defile thyself therewith. Neither shall any woman stand before a beast to lie down thereto. It is confusion. That's Leviticus 18, 22 and 23. And if a man lie with uh, mankind as he lies with a woman, both of them have committed an abomination. Leviticus 20, 13. You ever wonder why it was necessary for God to instruct Moses to speak unto the children of Israel and forbid them from engaging in this in, in bestiality and same-sex relationships? Well, the answer lies in Leviticus 18. After the doings of the land of Egypt... Now, you understand they're out in the wilderness. They come out of Egyptian bondage. After the doings of the land of Egypt, wherein ye dwelt, shall ye not do. And after the doings of the land of Canaan, whether I bring you, shall ye not do. You're not going to do the things that we came out of, and you're not going to do the things the heathen do where we're going. Neither shall ye walk in their ordinances. Defile not ye yourselves in any of these things, for in all these the nations are defiled which I cast before you. For all these abominations have the men of the land done, which were before you, and the land is defiled. Therefore shall ye keep mine ordinance, that ye commit not any of these abominable customs which were committed before you, and that ye defile not yourselves therein. I am the Lord your God. Now, from these scriptures, it is clear that perverse sexual behavior existed throughout the pagan civilizations. In fact, in ancient Egypt, Greece, Rome, same-sex relationships were the norm without any concept of homosexuality or heterosexuality. It was just common. And expressing a preference for only one gender as a sexual partner, that was considered eccentric. Okay? Now, you wonder why those nations are gone. Okay, those empires. The emergence of Judaism changed all that. Once God led the Israelites out of the bondage of Egypt and established Jehovah's law, He declared homosexuality as well as incest, bestiality, many different things. That's a sin. And that it's contrary to nature. And similarly, when Judeo-Christian influence spread in, in the Roman Empire, homosexuality was condemned. And these Judeo-Christian restrictions on sexual behavior were also part of America's beginnings. Okay? Did you know this? The original 13 colonies derived their laws from the English common law in which sodomy was a sin and a crime punishable by death. And thereafter, every state proscribed sodomy in some form as it joined uh, the Union. And Pennsylvania called sodomy an unnatural sin. New Jersey referred to it as offenses against God. 
Up until 1962, sodomy was a felony in every state, punishable by lengthy prison sentences, fines, and hard labor. In 1985, the Supreme Court held there was no fundamental right upon homosexuals to engage in sodomy. And that all changed as the gay rights activist became more vocal and infiltrated the political process and demanded change. And their efforts paid off, didn't it? In 2003, the Supreme Court ruled 6-3 to three that Texas's sodomy statute was unconstitutional. Ten years later, the court held as unconstitutional the Defense of Marriage Act, which restricted marriage to a heterosexual couple's for purposes of federal government benefits. And then think about this. We went to the point that we have now legalized sodomy in America. Now, I've said this before. I'm going to say it again. I used to think, no way. My father-in-law would talk about, uh, he would preach about these things uh, when I was a kid, and he would say, that's going to happen in the last days. That's the way it's going to be, like Sodom and Gomorrah. And I thought, man, there's no way. There will never be a time, um, as we move on, there will never be a time when America will get as bad as Sodom and Gomorrah, but maybe in some far-off country, but not here in America. Well, boy, have I been proven wrong. I mean, we've seen this country do an about-face when it comes to um, biblical-centric lifestyles. And from the early 60s until now, America's taken this moral nosedive. And again, I'm not going to take time to go into all the events that got us from there to here, but I want to consider one point of interest. Before the Obama presidency, there were many cracks in this big dam that held back the full onslaught of sexual, perverse, non-biblical lifestyles in America. Okay, But during President Obama's tenure, the entire dam The cracks didn't get bigger. The entire dam was removed. And I mean, wow. Again, prior to 1960, it was against the law to commit the act of sodomy in all 50 states. And over time, many things contributed to the dissolving of those laws, remember? But the crowning achievement was the complete legalization of this act under the Obama administration. When Barack Obama came in, he said, I, we are going to, in just a short amount of time, we're going to fundamentally transform the United States of America. And wow, did he do that. And we'll get, we'll get off into it on the other side of the break here. I've been part of the End Time family from the beginning over 30 years ago when my parents, Irvin and Judy Baxter, began ministry from the recliner in our living room. My name is Jana Robbins. I have the pleasure of connecting with our incredible partners every day. End Time is a small nonprofit that runs a high-traffic website, a daily TV and radio show, the Prophecy College in Jerusalem, and more. Although we have less than 30 team members, we are able to serve tens of millions of people each month. We survive on the goodness of God and donations averaging about $50. If everyone hearing this message gave $22, our financial needs would be met for the year. If you only give to one cause per month, please consider partnering with End Time to help get the message of our soon coming King out to the world. 
Call us at 1-800-END-TIME to give today or go to endtime.com to become a monthly or one-time partner. Wow. Did Barack Obama and his team, actually it was Barack Obama and Joe Biden, wasn't it? Did they fundamentally transform America in many ways? Barack Obama was inaugurated to his first term as president of the United States on, would have been what, January 20 in 2009? That same year, at the annual conference of the LGBTQ, um, which would be the, what, lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, he cleverly called the human rights, uh, that's what it's called, the human rights campaign. He was the featured speaker. And his remarks really were shocking to many of us. He said, you will see a time in which as a nation, we finally recognize relationships between two men and two women as just as real and admirable as relationships between a man and a woman. Now, at that point, what was God doing? Did he care? No, obviously he didn't. But what was God looking down on America, looking down on the President of the United States? What was, he look, what was he thinking? The point is, they didn't care. On May 9, 2012, President Obama openly endorsed gay marriage when he said, and I'm quoting, I've just concluded that for me personally, it is important for me to go ahead and affirm that I think same-sex couples should be able to get married. And finally, under the Obama administration, same-sex sodomy. Marriage was legalized in every state back on, uh, man, it was, uh, it was in June, 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 June 26, 2015. Now, America, man, wow, we've come full circle, haven't we? You know, and, and the thing is, look at all the things that we're dealing with right now. Are, are God's judgments on America because of some of the things, not, not just abortion and not just uh, the, these, the LGBTQ lifestyles that have really increased in America. Those are two things. And that's all I'll have time for today is just the two. There are many. But I want you to think about this. The Apostle Paul, he's writing to the Romans in the first century, many of whom were living in the homosexual sin. And he warned of, of the downward spile of a proud and powerful nation when it rejects God's counsel. Okay? Romans 1, verses 21 and 22, the Bible says, Because that when they knew God, they glorified Him not as God, neither were they thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. We better acknowledge God in this country, or we won't have a country. And like Rome... This is who the Apostle Paul was talking to, the church in Rome. But think about this. The, the, in, in Rome, the leadership and the masses of, of, of America are unthankful to God and full of pride. Not everybody, I understand. There are Christians that love God and want to do His will and hate what's going on. But there's a lot of people that are okay with a lot of this stuff. And their glory is in their abilities and not in God. Like, like Rome, America is experiencing the consequences of this behavior 
forewarned in the sobering words in the book of Romans chapter 1. The Bible says God gave them up and gave them over. Romans 1, 24 through 28. The Bible says, Wherefore God also gave them up to uncleanness through the lust of their own hearts to dishonor their own bodies between themselves. For this cause God gave them up to vile affections. For even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature. And likewise also the men, leaving the natural use of a woman, burned in their lust one towards another, men with men, working that which is unseemly and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error which was meet. And even as they, here it is, and even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge. Let's take prayer and God and the Ten Commandments and a Bible reading out of our schools. Okay? Then you get evolution and all this other craziness that's going on. So even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, the Bible says, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. You say, man, Dave, you've painted a pretty uh, (laughs) uh, dire uh, situation here in America. Yeah, I have. I absolutely have. And when you think of Hollywood and, and Disney and all these other things that are trying to captivate your mind, and America just says, yeah, we're okay with that. Let them do what they want. We'll do what we want. Well, do we really want that in America? Our forefathers recognized it. Do we want what God wants or do we want to just, you know, hey, whatever? Well, you can see what happened to the Roman fabric of their society. Rome, what was they pretty much dissolved from within, didn't they? You say, well, is all hope lost for America? No, it's not. And I want to give you hope today because America can recover. All is not lost. Not when we've got God. You know, God would have saved Sodom and Gomorrah for five or ten people, wouldn't he? Five or ten righteous. And yet he couldn't find five or ten righteous. And so... I know that there are thousands, if not millions, of people here in America that love God, they want to do His will, but there's a lot of powerful people, and Satan's working his wiles, and there are a lot of powerful people that could care less about God. They don't care what he thinks no more than the man on the moon. So, but with God, all things are possible, right? All is not lost. We can win this battle against the flood tide of moral clay moral decay in America, and we must. We don't have a choice. But now it's obvious that we, you know, we need a spiritual, the, the, the need, I should say, the needed spiritual leadership is not going to come from our political leaders. That's, uh-uh, come on. And where they can, um, you know, where can we look for leadership? I mean, where else? Are there any True men and women of God left? Are they, are they all just trying to produce these big giant congregations and not be careful? You know, hey, everybody's going to go to heaven, come to my church, okay? I want everybody to go to heaven. But if you're a true man or woman of God and you stand in a pulpit, you need to teach on sin. You need to do it in love. But sin separates people from God. My goal as a man, a God-called minister, is to 
bring people and to reconcile them to God. And I do that by sharing the gospel of the kingdom of God and the word of God and telling them that, hey, your sinful lifestyle, the sins that you're committing, that's separating you from God. Yes, God does love you, but you need to get rid of that stuff. And God can help you do that by being born again, living as a Christian, aligning yourself with the Bible. And man, I'm telling you, I don't care who you are, what you're doing, what you've done in your past, that's irrelevant from, from God, uh, irrelevant to God. So, are there any men and women of God left that are not for sale who will really will preach the whole Bible, even if eventually it would cost you your life? Is anybody out there? If you're out there, it's time to stand up now. Tomorrow's going to be too late. And, you know, really, preachers, men and women of God, you're, we're America's only hope. Really. It, the, the fivefold ministry of the church, apostles, prophets, pastors, teachers, evangelists. We've got to teach the true word of God, folks. I'm not going to let political peer pressure and different things, and I've had people try to, try to sway me as well. I've had people try to sway me post my, my uh, Irvin Baxter passing away. Think about that. And I've had to say, no, nope, 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 nope. I know where Irvin Baxter's at, and that's where I want to go. And me and my... For me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. So, I've said it before, I'll say it again. Preachers, man and woman, pray your hearts hot. Get a burden. Preach with conviction and compassion. The the people that love the truth, they're longing to hear the truth. Nobody wants fake news. Nobody wants fake preachers. And the, 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 the people are so disillusioned with this rampant religious Really, it's prostitution. They're for sale. I know some don't want to hear, you know, and there's not much I can do about that. But there are people that love the truth. And those are the ones that we're looking for. Those are the ones that are mattering here. The ones who love the truth, they're starving for true men and women of God who will set the trumpet to their lips and say, Thus saith the word of the Lord. I went to the prayer room before I got in the pulpit. God gave me a message, and here's the message. And it touches somebody's heart. They give their life to God. They become a Christian. And we build the kingdom of God. You know, when the final history of America is written, is it going to record the destruction of a people who did not like to retain God in their knowledge? Or will it speak of a people that apologized for acknowledging God and making Him the center of our nation? Or will history tell about the spiritual awakening that swept this one nation under God? Will it tell of a nation that refused to remove in God we trust from our money? Will it speak of a nation that will um, speak the truth in love, not beat people over the head with the Word of God, but speak the truth in love, trying to save their soul? That's the difference. You know, this uh, sodomy, it was wrong in the Old Testament. It's wrong in the New Testament as well. And it's wrong in the 21st century. Our only answer is a genuine spiritual revival. When America embraces the Bible as the Word of God, once again, and we recognize our extreme need of Jesus Christ in all of our lives, I didn't say God. Notice that. I said Jesus Christ. Now, obviously, I I recognize our need for God. But a lot of people say, oh, we love God. But that 
for, to get them to say Jesus Christ, that's not politically correct, right? Look, I'm in love with Jesus. Jesus died on the cross for me. Okay? And Jesus is the one coming back to get me. And so, I love Jesus. And I'm serving Jesus. The Bible says, all you do in word or deed, do in the name of Jesus Christ. And so we need Jesus Christ in all of our lives. He will help us turn this country around. Looking back over the history of this great nation, it would be easy to see what's needed. America must have a spiritual revival. And this can be achieved in really a few simple steps. Everybody go back to church. Everybody get a prayer life. Everybody put prayer in your home, in your schools, your courthouses, your government institutions. Study the Word of God. 2 Chronicles 7.14 If my people, which are called by my name, will, here it is, humble yourself. Pray. Seek my face. And here's one thing that people don't quote very much. Turn from your wicked ways. Then will I hear from heaven. I will forgive their sin and I will heal their land. Preachers need to preach the Bible without compromise and preach under the anointing. Go to a prayer room, get a message from God, get in that pulpit and let her rip, folks. And people will thank you for eternity for that because you shared the gospel with them in love and you were influential in getting them to heaven. Just a burden I had today I wanted to share with you because we see so much perilous times in America. And there's an answer for it, but it's going to take some doing on our part, isn't it? And so I'm willing to do it if you are. I'm going to pray. I'm going to study the Word of God. I'm going to fast. I'm going to do all I can to win souls in this end time. And I'm going to ask God to heal our land. And I believe that He will. There's great times of revival coming in the future. This has been End of the Age, brought to you by the faithful partners of End Time Ministries. If you're not currently a partner with End Time Ministries, or if you would like more information, we invite you to call us at 1-800-END-TIME. That's 1-800-363-8463, or visit us online at endtime.com. 